Hey everyone, welcome back to Kicks and Picks. It's Coach Steve here with Scotty and Nick. Uh, coming off uh, an okay week for us, I, I guess we pushed 500, not the best week. I thought it was going to go a lot better than it went after Monza got that late goal to yeah. get that over on Friday. It felt good. Uh, and then it, it didn't go so well from there, Nick. It, it was all your fault, you say, from that Sampdoria yeah. they plus one and a half goals and couldn't even cover? Um, hand up. I, I told the guys it was an unorthodox pick, taking Samp against Milan. Milan been terrible. And I said multiple times, I think I said it on the show last week, and we were talking in the group chat. I was like, this. I, I feel like this weekend hinges on this game. If if Samp can pull it off, we're going to fucking go undefeated. And if not, it's going to be a bloodbath. And I think we started off three and one or four and one and wound up four and five. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. sounds about right. It's that game turned the tide for us. And I apologize to the listeners, anybody that took those bets. I'm sorry. Let's also not take blame off of Chelsea for being unable to score against Manchester City's like D squad. Cause that was another one that was basically even money on my side. That as soon as I saw the lineups come out, I said, like, All right, this should be an easy one because I recognize half the names on the city team sheet, which is always a surprising thing and city scored in the first 11, 12 minutes yep. and Alvarez scored. So I think uh, I remember I was looking through like the timeline and I saw just, there was this one city fan account that kept tweeting all the saves that their like third string keeper was making. Oh, it was like on unreal. Sterling and it's like, Oh, of course, of course it's just back to Chelsea being un- unable to finish with any sort of quality whatsoever. I think that one hurt. I think um, Fiorentina gave up the tying goal like in the 80 something minute, they dominated Pretty that late. game and yeah. didn't get a win. Um, the Brighton game where they played too well uh, and, and killed the under part of the bet. And um, I'm don't forget Galliardini's red card in the oh, first half. For yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, you, that's that's the toughest one to to say, but because um, they did give up three goals, but I don't know, man. You'd, you'd like to think a full. 11 versus 11 game. Uh, maybe we we eke out a result in that one. Yeah, so not an ideal week down a unit and a half, but on the season, I know it, it's not where it was, but still up just about 10 units at plus 9.8 units. So we're, we're, we're still, you know, up money. Which limping is always the, the to key. the finish line. Limping Rough. to the finish line. It would take it would take a pretty disastrous last couple weeks of the season, I think, oh. right? To, <laughs> don't, to don't not be at least up money. We had but we'd like 10 to, week. We've done we it did. before. We did. Yes, we have. That was historic. <laughs> Absolutely historic weekend. I don't know if we can ever match that. Even 10 and 0 might not be as impressive as 0 and 10. Definitely not. Don't think so. So we are down to the last week of the Premier League season. A couple. We're recording Tuesday. There are two midweek matches, Wednesday and Thursday, before these matches get underway. Uh, but it's not going to matter. We're going to focus on the relegation battle when we get there. Before we get there, though, Serie A has two match days left. And the big news broke on, what was it? Wednesday or no we have Monday I'm losing track because they played on Monday Monday Juve's new penalty came down cost them 10 points in the standings through the whole Serie A table out of whack so we're going to focus on Serie A first we know Napoli has clinched Lazio has now clinched a Champions League spot with Juve being docked those 10 points and being pushed down to seventh from second Inter's on 66 Milan on 64 that's followed by Atalanta and Roma, who are both still alive at 61 and 60. Juve is now on 59. Um, they are pretty close to being mathematically eliminated from Champions League contention, and I, I don't think UEFA is going to let them in anyway, so they're probably kind of just in no man's land there. So the focus is going to actually be on Juventus for a different reason this weekend. It's because they're hosting Milan, who pretty much can secure a top-four finish and return to the Champions League after their uh, semifinal run this year by beating their rivals, Juve, one of the, you know, the, the big three clubs in Italy. Um, they still have a chance technically at Europa Conference League with Atalanta there, with Roma right there. I don't know if UEFA is going to let them in, but this match, Juve plus 130 at home, Milan plus 185 on the road, uh, draw no bet, Juve minus 145, Milan plus 115, and the draw is plus 235. The over is at plus 105 and the under is at minus 135. And that's pretty funny considering both these teams played, I think, five goal matches this weekend, which was kind of out of character for both. Um, So the under is still favored between the two. Now, to ask you guys, do you think Milan gets the job done at the Allianz uh, Stadium to secure a top four berth against Juve and kind of rub salt in the wounds of that point penalty? Or does Juve have enough pride and 
maybe a bit of, you know what, where if you if we're screwed, we're gonna screw Milan season two a little bit and make them really sweat it out. How do you how do you see this one going? I mean, because you make I think they played about a half hour after the deduction and, and got absolutely throttled by Empoli 4-1. Um, so <clears throat> let me answer the question first. I want Milan to win just for the chaos that will come out of that result for Juve. Um, let's talk about Juve for a second. First of all, it's hysterical to watch their watch and listen to their fans. Now, listen, nobody wants to believe their club is evil or has done wrong or anything like that. They don't want a deduction that isn't based on what's happening on the on the field. Um, but let's call a spade a spade here. Juve has clearly done something wrong for this year-long investigation plus. Um, it's wild to me, absolutely wild, that it would take a 10-point Juve deduction for Sadi to remain as Lazio manager because <laughs> my Sadi out agenda was uh, – we were about to crash through the station. I mean, it was full steam ahead. They were about to bottle this shit, and now they're mathematically secure uh, Champions League if these results hold. That's impressive. Um, but I, I think just based on the odds, on nothing else, I, we try to do this a lot in the show. Um, th- these numbers tell us that Juve go out and win this game, that they bounce back. You mentioned it, Coach. They gave up four goals to Empoli. They looked like shit. Um was that a result of the points deduction? I don't know. Juve fans seem to think so. I'm, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Um, I think that they're just not a very good team, and they caught Empoli at a you know the the height of what Empoli is able to do. Um, so I I think they kind of bounce back here, and um, it you know I, I think it's probably chaos one way or the other. I'd love to see a Milan win just to just to watch the fan base implode a little bit, but I, I'm not buying a Milan win in this one. I just don't think they have five goals in them. Uh, they, you know, two games in a row. Yeah. I I kind of agree with you, Nick. I think you are the ones that that ultimately get this one done. Um, I could see this being a draw too. Like if you really are somebody likes betting the draw line, that one kind of feels right in this match. Ultimately, I think what I'm betting is I'm going to buy low on this under because when you look at these two squads, they're both defensive first squads. Um, both you know play styles kind of match up to that. And at minus one thirty five, I think that's a pretty decent number. I'm guessing it's because they like you mentioned, coach. Those five goal outbursts this weekend maybe kind of skewed the the lines a little bit, and maybe some people are trying to buy this you know four one Empoli you know win as Juve's defense kind of crumbling and maybe losing a little bit of of uh, of sight on on the. the Europa or whatever it is that they can qualify for now. So I think if I'm taking something in this match, I I would happily take the under two and a half at 135. I think if I'm going to bet something, uh, I would probably skew more towards taking that, that draw line at plus 225 because I could see this being a one, one. Yeah. I'm not going to make a pick here just because I have, I have something down later in our locks, but I, I think in terms of Juve getting thumped by Empoli, when you find out that your team is deducted 10 points, like right before you play that match, I'm sure that has to take a lot out of you mentally knowing that your champions league hopes pretty much died right there. And then you're going up against a side that's going to be motivated to play you because everybody gets up for the big club, especially when you're playing for a club like Empoli, right? Empoli's a decent side, you know, they're bottom half, good results. But, but they've gotten some good results. Um, I know that the highlight of the match for Nick was probably not even any of the goals. It was probably Liam Henderson giving uh saying to Vlaovic, like, what, 80 million euros or whatever yeah. he said to him, something like that. And, and I think Nick might have actually, you know, hit him up before the match to do that because he's been on the Vlaovic garbage train all season. Yeah. But I, I do think Juve plays much better than they played last week. And I'll say that before we I, I talk more about it later because I, I think it was just a perfect storm for them on Monday to, to get – handled like that it, definitely and here's the thing what what happens with these players what happens with this coach i mean you're hearing you know quote-unquote news sources come out on both sides of that coin but you know does a big offer for vlavich come in and is he off to Bayern or real or somewhere next year the premier league uh di maria they probably can't afford to keep him around right they're not going to pay his wages rabio they're not going to pay his wages paredes has been absolutely atrocious for them i doubt he stays um, Arthur and, and McKenney maybe are on their way back. So uh, this team could look drastically different next year. And the only reason I bring that up is because who wants to give their all to showcase themselves or, you know, they have a match and a half, two matches to do it. Um, yeah. so 
for that reason alone, I think we're going to see a decent Juve. We need some clarification, Nick. Were you talking about Arthur coming back as a, a pro for, for Juve, as like a, a boost to their Well, I mean, he squad? will be back uh, sucking the wage bill one way or the other. I don't, I don't know that he features. He might feature because his midfield is fucking terrible, and who knows what it's going to look like next year. Well, he's got to be healthy to feature, and I don't know well, that he'll ever be Also healthy. true. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I expect some of these guys to maybe to show out or it's their last match or, um, maybe Max pulls an audible kind of like he did last week. And he lets some of the young kids that we have never even heard of play or, you know, it it just, whoever's on the field should aim to do well. And I can't say the same for Milan. I mean, Milan also has it all to play for, but, um, it just seems like the type of game to me that Juve comes out and gets the result. All right, moving on to the other match that has pretty big Champions League implications. It's Inter versus Atalanta. Uh, I mentioned the sayings before. Inter is on 66, and Atalanta is in fifth on 61, so a five-point difference between those two. So pretty much any result for Inter will lock up a Champions League spot. They'd be six ahead of Atalanta. You know, Roma wouldn't be able to really catch them at this point, so they'd be in pretty good shape. But if Atalanta can get the win and move up to 64 and Inter's only on 66, and if Milan does drop points, they're level with Milan, and things get really complicated for the last match day of the season. So this one has has some pretty big implications, especially depending on what happens in the Milan match. Um, heading into this one, it's at the San Siro. Inter is minus 130. Atalanta plus 295. The draw is plus 270. Atalanta draw no bet is plus 200. The over two and a half in this one is minus 145, and the under is plus 110. So are you buying Inter to, to kind of lock things up? I know they don't play the Champions League final for a little while, so they 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 don't have to look ahead yet. They are playing the Coppa Italia final tomorrow on Wednesday against Fiorentina, so there'll probably be a, a little rotation um, with the two-match week, but cannot allow to get anything at the San Siro? Will they, can they act, act really, and when I say something, they probably need a win if they want to be alive for the Champions League. Yeah, so I agree with that. I think they need two wins to have any hope of the Champions League, right? Two wins and some help. I am selling Atalanta as this massive underdog. I think the number does not make much sense to me. Um, Flip side, I would say if you're just looking at numbers, Inter probably wins this match. But I think Atalanta uh, should be a little bit closer than this plus 295 you spoke about. Um, It's a tricky match, right? It's, It's a tricky match. In the best of conditions, I think Inter has a little bit of fixture congestion that could hurt them. Um, Atalanta's look good the last couple of weeks, right? I, there was there was a point probably a month ago where I thought they were, had no hope of Europe, right? They were hanging on to probably sixth place. Um, you know, now with the Juve point deduction, that's all different. So I am buying Atalanta in this spot to get probably a draw, draw or better. I think um, a draw no bet is a good bet on them. I was just going to say real quick, Scott, before you go, because I I should have mentioned that one because it is such a big number. Adelante getting half a goal is at minus 105. I feel like the draw no bet. Yeah, absolutely. Love that number. That's what I will be taking. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with Inter on this one. Um, I like the number. I think the way that they've been playing lately, especially, you know, coming off the, the Champions League wins or Milan, I, I like, you know, the form that they're in. Um, I think that's kind of, I know Adelante technically has more to play for in this one. so a little bit more motivation, but I don't know. I, to me, I think Inter is just the better squad, and I, I like the fact that they're at home. I think minus one thirty-five is a really good number for them. So I, that's where I would take on, on this one. Um, does anybody have it up? Who's Inter have the last game of the year? I can tell you, and that that really would second. that would sway my opinion potentially even more. So they have Torino next Sunday, or yeah, um, Saturday or Sunday, depending on how they they, they play out the calendar. Um, but the week before, they have City in the Champions it, League final. It feels like. They can fall back on a win against Torino, especially when there's going to be pushing for that continuity right before the Champions League final. I think they probably, of any game left, this seems the game to me where they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit, right? You're not going to lay up for a trophy, even if it is the Coppa Italia, and certainly you're going to give it your all against City, whatever that may look like. So to me, this feels like if they slip up, this is the game where they do it. Yeah, I, I buy that. I would probably, as much as I do like the Inter number, that, that's what jumped out at me at first, playing at home. Coming off the loss, I think they'll be motivated, but you're right because they do have the Copa on Wednesday. That, that does give me some hesitation to bet that minus 130. Um, 
I don't know how much it'll shift after the Copa Italia, maybe to see who plays, who doesn't play, who's who's rested and what the projected lineups maybe look like. If it's still around this number, maybe close to match time and you see what their lineup looks like, if it's a favorable one, then maybe um, I'd be more willing to take it. Um, but I might just stay away from this one because for that reason, or, you know, if, if you're someone who likes Atalanta, maybe you give it a shot that that double chance, because that is a, a nice number, but this one well, should be entertaining. And I, I could see the over hitting in this one too, the way these sides have played lately. I know Inter in the champions league has played a lot of unders, but their Serie A matches have produced a few more goals lately. And, uh, I could see a two, one result going one way or another. Um, but again, you never know with Inter, right? Cause sometimes they can really lock it down. So it's, it's a tough call. So with that, we'll move to the Premier League. The big weekend, it has nothing to do with the title race. Top four race is probably going to be, you know, if if everything goes according to plan for United, they at least get a point on Thursday. That, that'll be locked up too. The European places are pretty much settled. It's the relegation battle where we have all the attention. Uh, three teams for one spot of survival. We have Everton, Leeds, and Leicester fighting for that last spot. Right now on the table, you have... Everton in 17th on 33 points, Leicester in 18th on 31, Leeds also on 31, but with the worst goal differential, they're in 19th. No surprise there since they give up a a lot of goals, 74, most allowed in the league, worst defense in the league. Um, You know, no team in the relegation zones and have a good defense, but they have the worst uh, defense. So Everton is playing Bournemouth and they get a win at home and they are safe. Leeds and Leicester would be relocated. Uh, if Everton drop points versus Bournemouth, Leicester is safe with a win at, at home against West Ham, who's going to be looking ahead a little bit to the Conference League final, probably. Uh, they still have some time, but you know there's always going to be one eye looking toward a, a trophy match like that. Leeds is safe with a win and some goal differential help at home versus Tottenham if things go wrong for Everton and Leicester at this point, um, who have not... Um, and. Tottenham has not won away since February. I had to look at that note twice that Scott put in there because it's pretty crazy. So who was the coach then? The, I it's still Conte. Conte. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's on a beach somewhere. It's been know. a while. Yeah, we haven't we haven't thrown that meme out there in a while. It feels yeah, uh, we should this is our last chance. Last hurrah right here. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Lions heading into these matches. Everton is minus two twenty at home against Bournemouth, who's plus five fifty. Leicester at home is even money against West Ham, who's plus 245, and leads at home against Spurs, plus 175, Spurs plus 135. So the only of the three sides that are fighting relegation as an underdog is Leeds. What do you, what do you think? I know Scotty's been saying all along he doesn't think Everton gets relegated. I mean, is there any shot that Bournemouth puts any effort into this match and, and stops Everton from you know staying yeah. up? So I know Scotty's got very, very heavy thoughts on this, so I'm just going to quickly role mine um this is it's bittersweet for me right because scotty and i made a bet with our, our guest and good friend steve Cerruti that everton would stay up I, i've been rooting for it because i want to be right but also i've been kind of rooting against it because it'd be poetic if everton went down um looking at the, this is just a classic follow the odds scenario for me i think all the favorites probably get it done here i think lester win this match and are safe. I think Everton very likely win this match and as a minus 220 favorite and they are safe. Um and I think Leeds probably lose and there's no drama and I think um they're the worst team of the bunch. Le- and Leicester's not good. Let's not sugarcoat that, right? That they deserve to stay up. Um but Leeds is just very clearly the worst team of the bunch. Manager chaos, turnover, player turnover, no consistency. Their defense is fucking horrible. Um they're fortunate at playing a shitty Tottenham at the best possible time for them. But I, I just think there's too much work for them to do to stay up. And I am buying leads to get relegated. Yeah. I think leads are definitely due at this point, Nick, for a good relegation. I mean, they haven't been, I think they were due at for relegation once they got rid of Bielsa because he was the, the force behind them getting promoted in the first place. And there's just a little bit of, I don't know, impatience, I think, on their side. Um, and maybe thinking that they could get somebody in the door that was better than they could realistically get. But th- this Everton are definitely going to be safe. I-, I think when we talked about it with Saruti, whatever it was three months ago, I just said it's it's Everton are just so good at these like last second escapes. Um, I think the good news that we have as neutrals in this, as relative neutrals, even though we have that bet, is that all three relegation teams are playing at home. So you're going to see some really good atmospheres. And we saw the Everton atmosphere last year that really pushed them 
you know, over the edge and, and into, you know, back into a, the premier league for, for this season, I think that's going to show out again this, this time. And I would expect there to be a huge amount of energy that is given to the players from that, that atmosphere. And we're looking at somebody like Bournemouth who are coming in, not very, you know, haven't had a really strong season. They have nothing really left to play for. There's no real players here that are trying to make like a name for themselves to maybe, you know, move up to a, a you know, club that has higher aspirations this has the makings of, you know, an absolute dismantling. I think um, I'll, I'll speak a little bit more because there's certainly going to be some locks coming from these matches in, in my picks. Um, and then you have to look at the other two. And, and obviously if, if Everton win, then both teams are, are relegated. So it, it's null. But if you were to say, all right, maybe Everton get a draw and, and there's a chance for one of these teams to win and have gold or differential be the, the game decider or the uh, relegation decider, Leeds versus Tottenham, Leeds can't defend to save their lives, really, to save their Premier League lives. I, I don't have any faith in them keeping Tottenham to like two or three goals, right? Like maybe they can get keep them to three, but in that case, you know, Leeds are going to have to find a way to produce four, and that just seems very unlikely. Leicester at home against a West Ham team who admittedly just beat that shitty Leeds team three to one. There does seem like there could be a little something there for for a win. Um, you know, Vardy is going to have kind of his probably his last hurrah uh, for them. I, I could see him pulling out a little bit of a, a Vardy party for them. Um, and, and I think they just have more talent to actually like step up and and come through in that big match. They've obviously had a lackluster season. I think there's been a lot of you know indifference throughout the squad. But you know, it, if it comes down to hey, you guys want to continue playing in the top level or you know, potentially be stuck in the championship for, you know, at least a season, if not more, you know, some of those guys, you know, absolutely have the capability of stepping up. So I think, you know, Telemans or, or Madison or, or somebody will have a moment in that game that can kind of give them the momentum. It also feels like it's going to be one of those, you know, all three of these games are going to be those games where whoever scores first, I feel like is going to be the one that that takes it, right? Like if you're West Ham, Tottenham or Burnmouth coming in and, you know, you don't really have much to play for, but you get that first goal. How does the home side react? Do they kind of lose that, you know, lose their steam? Do they kind of like, you know, succumb to like the eventuality of, Hey, we're probably going to get relegated or do they have that bounce back in them? And then on the other side, if you're the home squad and you're playing to, you know, potentially secure your, your premier league season for the next season, you get that first goal. Atmosphere is going to be crazy. Squads that have nothing to play for and be like, all right, fuck this. Like we're good. Like, let's just, you know, get to the end of the season and, and get on our, our vacations. So I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be key to like, you know, who scores first. So if you're going to be live betting this and you see, you know, after 15, 20 minutes, you see that there's going to be a goal from one side specific on, on either of these three games, maybe do a little live bet money line on, on that. Cause I think you'll probably get a decent value either way. Yeah. I, I find it hard to see Everton going down. They're playing a team with really nothing to play for, right? At West Ham at least has the the eye in the conference league where they might want to tune up for it a bit. And, and Tottenham still has a shot at seventh place would be, which would be a European spot. Now, I don't know if they want to go to the conference league or not, but <laughs> pride is still there. I think a little bit for, for a team like that with players like Harry Kane and, and a shot back at Europe, maybe. Um, but part of me says all three of these relegation battling teams are at home. They're going to have the crowds behind them at least early on. And I think you're right, Scott. If any of them fall behind, especially like a Leeds, I can see getting ugly for them at Ellen Road because I can see the crowd really turning on them. Um, but you're right. Like if Everton gets the first goal, I mean, there, there's no way Bournemouth wants any part of of being the, the spoiler, I think. In that Won't situation. make it out of the stadium. Yeah. Um, I do like Leicester at even money. I think Leicester can go out and get the win. They might not save themselves, but I think that's a, a pretty decent bet at even money. I mean, part of me is even tempted to say, shit, take leads because, I mean, they got to have some pride in front of the home fans. But um, I have a different bet for that one coming up in our lock, so I won't say much more on that. But I, I do think Everton is the one that survives. I, I, I don't see them losing outright at home to Bournemouth in the last match day. So I was almost going to go the other way and not to take anything away from what you guys said. If there's a likely, let's call it upset in these matches, it has to come from West Ham, right? Mm. The, I mean, the likeliest of the three matches. I'm not saying it's yeah, likely. I guess. Saying, yeah, I right? guess. Yeah, yeah. In that it, sense, because it, it could be, yeah. Because Tottenham are technically favored. So I, I that's guess what I mean. that's why. Yeah. 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 Which feels right, weird, right. Leeds but... winning is an upset. Right. That's right, that's the right. way I was looking at it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Correct. 
could be, it's going to be bonkers. It's, it sucks that they're all at the same time. I mean, it doesn't, I don't I mean, know. It's great. I, I, yeah. I wish you know it's great. I wonder, I bet you YouTube TV will have the, I don't know if you guys saw that during the uh, March madness, but they had like the four screen going. So you have yeah. multiple games going all at once. I'm hoping they do a multicast for this. They do that Maybe. for for uh, MLS. I'm pretty sure, right? Apple yeah. TV does that and shit like yeah. that. So. so I'm hoping we get a, a nice little multicast because if you're, if, you know, the top four is pretty much could be all sealed once, you know, assuming United can get a point against Chelsea on Thursday. Yeah. There's really nothing to to watch on those, you know, top four matches. It should just be all relegation on Sunday. Yeah, and I think the craziest thing that's come out of this is you're going to have either. Everton or Leicester relegated Everton, a very historic club in the premier league. And then Leicester, who's who are the champions. I mean, it's gotta be at least what, six seasons now or so, but just that, that is a fall from grace for a club. That was a, re- a real upstart and one nobody ever heard of really. All right, guys, you guys who are big fans of trophies, let me hit you with this in 10 years, Leicester were promoted from championship, won a league title, and then are probably going to get relegated back down. Would you accept that for either of your clubs? Yes. Unquestioned. Would, no, no would, question. Absolutely. Okay. Give me Lazio title yeah. next year. I'll watch them in Serie B for 10 years. No doubt. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, nah, that's my limit. <laughs> Relegation <laughs> is the limit. <laughs> but, I could take he, like finishing 10th in the table the next season, but well, I, you guys I, finish yeah. around there all the time. Anyway, that's not really a big deal for you. <laughs> um, But, but that's, that goes to show you, the difference in ambition with, with my club and yours. And and that's sad, right? That's not even, they're not really different in terms of size, maybe a little bit in terms of fan base, right? Roma certainly is a little more popular, but I, I view your club as having much more ambition. You have an owner who's willing to spend money. You're actively looking to get a new stadium. The team wants to feel like it belongs in the Champions League year after year. I get none of those vibes from Lazio. Latito's happy to fucking coast and put some money in his pocket, save his team. Cash um, on the group stage matches. Yeah, That's you know, it, yeah. he's going to make some Champions League money. They're not going to reinvest in the team and it sucks. So that's why I am of the opinion. I, listen, I've been watching this team for 20 plus years. Every trophy that comes my way, I want it and I will take the consequences. Fair. Because I, I haven't seen, you know, I've seen a couple Copa Italias recently, but that's, you know, I, I want a fucking Scudetto and I will take it and put me in Serie Chi. I don't fucking care. I'll, we'll play Juve in two years. Could have had that Conference League title match against West Ham instead of Fiorentina there because Lazio. Certainly could have been too. them. There's no doubt about it. Didn't even care. So. And then I'll pose one more question to you guys. What do you see happening to some of these U.S. men's national team players on Leeds, assuming Leeds mm-hmm. get relegated? So like Weston McKinney, Brendan Aaron. Yeah, he's going Tyler back to Adams. UVA. Weston McKinney, was he, was that alone? That was yeah. alone. Oh, yeah. okay. So he'll be All back right. at UVA. No. I think um, Aronson, dude, I don't know that he has it. I, I like him. I want him to. I don't know that he's good enough to play in the Premier League or maybe even in a top three or four league. Um, I could see him going like somewhere in France, maybe, and or or, or Portugal or, or Belgium, like one of those leagues, and starting and being okay. Um, I think Adams could go most teams. I think he's really good. Um, yeah. probably a little underrated, but it, do you think he goes back to Bundesliga? I feel like that almost suits good. him better. I good. could see him with another Premier League club. I've seen him linked with others, and and I think I, I read too when I I finally looked up his injuries. I'm like, man, he's been out for a while. Like, what what's the deal? And then I saw a season ending and their defensive frailties increased once he went down in the defensive midfield. Like it's gotten progressively worse, which kind of speaks not that they were doing outstanding without him, but they were, they they were better. Um, And I think that speaks to what he can bring to a team. Maybe, um, you know, I could see him starting for a a mid level premier league club, maybe a little bit higher than that. I, I think, to me, he's, Listen, my he's not going to Liverpool and he's not going to start, team. right? Yeah. He's, but he can go to a Sunderland. No, I don't know. I'm trying Burnmouth. to grasp his straws. Yeah. Somebody, I don't know, mid table. Um, Burnmouth, Crystal Palace. Mm, probably not yeah. Wolves. No, I, I think so. Maybe I West think Ham. He, I West think Ham are going to be selling Declan Rice and probably Suchek. Well, Suchek is yeah. old, but I think in any of those teams he, he plays and probably starts. And, and sorry, Steve, I cut off your point about how they got progressively worse on defense. They also, Apparently sold their best defender to Roma. So who knew? <laughs> Diego Lorente. He'll, he'll, he'll be on his way back and probably need a new a new club if uh, the Indica and a free rumors are, are are true to Roma. He won't have a place there next year because he's a loan deal. But yeah, I, I agree with Aronson too. I like Aronson. I think he's a good hustle player, but 
he might be a guy who just goes down to the championship with them for a season and maybe gets more playing time and can kind of uh, build up his reputation. But otherwise I agree. I think it's more of like a, a Holland. Maybe he gets a shot at a Bundesliga club, not a top Bundesliga club, a club like that. Um, Or what do you listen? I don't think he's polished enough for the premier league right now. To me, it's not the worst thing in the world for somebody like that to come back and be a star in the MLS. Yeah. Like, is, is that the worst thing in the world to, to know that you're probably head and shoulders above 80% of the league? I think hey, it hurts you can a lot go of live the in your home national team fans I, because they sure. love bragging about, oh, well, we have so many players now yeah, playing sure. in the top leagues in, well, guess what, in dude? Europe. Do you want somebody to do that and sit the bench or do you want somebody to come and play for Austin FC and be their fucking star player and he's playing in front of 60,000 people every week? And, you know, I think that's not a bad option for somebody like that. I feel like most – we, we kind of talked about this. Let's go off the rails here. We kind of talked about this during the World Cup where we said that if these players are now playing in Europe with the best coaches and the best training staffs, like that's going to be the best thing for the U.S. men's national team hosting the World Cup in you know North America, basically, in the next cycle. I think a lot of these people are going to want their players to be out in Europe. I don't think they're going to want them to be in MLS. They want them to be playing against the best, getting the best coaching, getting the best okay. resources we say that. thrown at them. Do you, do you want them to be Christian Pulisic, who sits the bench at a fucking terrible Chelsea team? The problem team? is Christian Pulisic was supremely overrated from the get-go. Like, no doubt. That's the, we talk about this all the time. That's the oh, biggest right. you know fault of the U.S. men's national team is anybody that's 18 and remotely average becomes the next Freddie Adu superstar, and then they just pan out to be average. And but, that, but that's my point. So does Aaron want to go that? But I don't think that's the fault of Pulisic being, you know, at Bundesliga and then trying to play in Chelsea. I think it's just that's just where he is. Like if if Pulisic was playing in MLS, I don't think he's going to be any better. Right. You but think he's Pulisic starting if he's and playing in MLS, every single game? You think I, he would you know, be a better player? Yeah, I think he's a twenty goal MLS. player in the MLS. Absolutely. But I'm saying, like on the U.S. Men's National Team, do you think he plays no. better? Yeah. No, I don't think no he's way. a better version of himself he just has a better output because the competition right. is lower there's no doubt yeah I, I have to agree with scott there i i think i'd rather have aronson or pulisic playing at a, a, a slightly smaller club than they're at now in a competitive european league uh especially if it's a top five league because I, I think pulisic still plays for a mid-level premier league club or, or a club of that kind of stature He's playing for one um, now well, Facts. yeah, technically we're not playing yeah, technically, but that's technically my point, my point yeah. is you have to get on the f- if you're not getting on the field I don't give a shit how good you are. You're either yeah, fucking playing I, every game or you're not. I looked at Aronson. He actually had over 2,300 minutes for Lee. So he played quite a bit. It's not like he, he was there lot. not playing no, a he lot. He did play a lot. He And listen, there's a lot of dysfunction matches. around him too, right? Yeah. It's not like he was playing continuously and playing with the same guys and under the same circumstances were not good to him. But can he cut it week in, week out? I don't, I can't answer that right now. I don't know that he can. Yeah. And a, and a goal three, a goal and three assists in those 35 match 28 starts for. Right an attacking midfield kind of wing type player isn't, isn't cutting it right for a team sure. that's fighting relegation. I mean, maybe Banford scores, you know, four or five yeah. goals uh, off yeah. of assists from him. It, the numbers look a lot better, but maybe you they know. do. Yeah. It's yeah, say every, every Bamford goal that you assist should count for five. Agree. And then McKenney, I think he goes back to UV. I think he moves on from UV after, but I think McKenney cuts it at, at a, a top um, in a top league for maybe not as big of a club as, as UV. If you want to say that now that they're in this situation, you could do the Jean route and, and go to I think Dortmund. they're I, I think he's just that hustle guy who can give yeah. you good minutes in the midfield. He's not yeah. the most skilled player, but I think no, he's, he's you, know, you mentioned though. like a, a West Ham, like if they sell a lot of midfielders, like he, he's a he's a guy who mm. can break. I don't up think he's cut for the Premier League. Like that. No, no, he's not, he's I think big enough, really. Like, yeah, he does. He also doesn't have the technical ability like Premier League. You do need to have a little bit of technical ability. And he just he seems to be lacking in that area a bit. I think if he go like he he does very much remind me of Emery Jean and like Emery Jean very famously went signed for Juve for free didn't cut it there and then went to Dortmund and did pretty well and I could see him kind of following that especially if Dortmund are, are going to need to stockpile some midfielders with the Hood leaving and and who knows what happens with uh, Jude Bellingham, Bellingham yeah so yeah, they gone. could be in the market for for a midfielder I could see that working out yeah and so I think all these guys will land on their feet I, I'm most curious about Aronson I think because he's yeah. probably got the maybe lowest floor of the group, so to speak, um, and maybe has more to prove. I think the other two have been a little more established in in the the bigger clubs in Europe um, and, and should find themselves landing somewhere, I think, decent. Uh, no, you guys got to be sad about Leeds going down. You know, we, we had fun <laughs> with them for two years. They easy were good overs. to us. They were good to yeah. us. We're going to have to find a new easy overs club for next season. 
I've been saying it all along. I think it was a mistake to fire Jesse Marsh when they did. And I, I think considering yeah. they're only two points off the relegations on, I think keeping him around probably would have had them in a position where they are one result. Potentially a, 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 right? a result. Yeah. One result is all they would have needed different. And I think they would have found that with Marsh. I, I think they might've been four or five points higher on the table at minimum. I think the inconsistency you said it's been a coaching carousel, mm-hmm. Scott, like the inconsistency. Um, who's the guy they brought in after him? Garcia. What was his name? Javi Garcia. Javi Garcia. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, making that change that they didn't play for him. And then, you know, now it's Allardyce and, you know, they, they ended up drawing that match last weekend that potentially could have been a win. I mean, there, there's been a lot of results that probably since Marsh left, that maybe could have gone differently if you have consistency with the style of play and everything. And a couple other players that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, Rodrigo, then you got Sinistera, you've yeah. got Nyoto. So they've good, got a lot, players. Of, a lot, no, a lot of potential players. players that teams will be poaching from them. Um, so I don't know if their time, and just before we get to our locks in the championship, will be so easy to return back to the Premier League because they're going to lose a lot of talent. Nope. It's not going to be a bounce. Yeah. All right. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Definitely when we get to the summer and we have more time to talk about you know, how the, the league shook out and looking ahead, we'll have to definitely keep an eye on that in the transfer market. Um, but let's get to our hat trick of picks, Scott, because you are heavy in the relegation zone battle this week. Yeah. I mean, look, it, those are the three matches I'm going to be watching, so I might as well bet on them. Yes. I'm starting off with the one that I genuinely, truly believe is going to happen. All three of these, I think, are very likely to happen. This one, I truly believe is going to happen. Everton minus one versus Burnmouth. At minus 135, Everton are huge favorites in this. Minus 220, I think, on the money line is what we said. So there's no value really taking them just money line. But I really, if if Everton win this game, it's not, it really does not feel like it's going to be like a one goal squeaker. Like it's going to be a snowball going downhill. Burnmouth really have nothing left to play for. They're sitting at 15th in the table. They've allowed 70 goals already this season. I think that leads the league. Um, so, uh, uh, historically bad defense um, actually leads is, is worse 74 excuse me. I was about to say yeah so second worst defense in the league only to Leeds horrible defense I think Everton get one in the first half I think that atmosphere goes nuts and I think it just becomes this like momentum where they just another one falls another one falls another one falls I could see Everton winning this 3-0 pretty easily but minus one I think it's pretty safe I don't see a way that Everton lose or draw this game I think they get that win easy to get them into the to the Premier League next season so worst case, you're looking at a push if it ends up being some weird like, you know, hey, we have a 2-0 lead. We take our eye off the ball for a second and all of a sudden it's 2-1. All right. I'm going to um, relegation battle with my first one too. Heading back to lead Spurs. I'm going with the over three at minus 130. The over two and a half is pretty much unplayable. I think it was minus 190 when I looked. Um, both these teams have been over machines lately. Leeds hitting the over two and a half and nine out of ten. Spurs and seven out of eight. I expect this one to follow that trend. Like I said, with the over two and a half unplayable, I'm taking the over three and hoping for a fourth goal. And I think at worst you get three goals and you get a push similar to Scott with his minus one there. I'm going to go to, to uh, Italy here. Sassuolo. I feel like I've taken them every week for like the past month and a half. So we're going to ride out the season. They're minus 115 on the money line against Samp. This is going to be my Samp redemption. Um, they burned us last week again, yeah. hand up. They derailed the weekend, but here's but the they reality. burn us again this weekend. It, there, I mean, the only way we'll know is if I bet it. Okay. Like I have to do it. I'm not even doing it for wins and losses. I'm doing this for science. Like this okay. is this is what we do. Um, so Sam fucking stink. Nothing to play for. They've allowed 15 goals in their last five matches, um, and I think Sassuolo is looking to end the season on a high. I think they too will be evaluating moves for a lot of their players. Berardi is probably on his way out after forever. Loriente, huge favorite of the pod. Dude is a baller. Uh, Fertese is probably leaving. And I think maybe the coach could be looking for potentially a step up. I don't know if he's ready for it, but why not show out? And Samp is a team that you do it against. I think if Samp lets you down, well, if they win this one, which would let you down, I think we're going to have to make Sampdoria a pod lock on our final episode of the season before they get relegated to Serie B. Yeah. Is that fair? I mean, listen, good riddance. I'm, either way, I'm happy I won't have to see them again for a, a fucking whole year, and we don't have All to right. bet on them. I will say the only way that bites you, Nick, I think is if Qualiarella in his last home match for Sampdoria comes out and you know scores one at 38 years old or whatever yeah, he is. Yeah, listen, he scored against Milan last week, right? 
he scored a ton of bangers in his career. Maybe he goes out with the bang too. But yeah. um, speaking of Fratesi, I Carnavale, the uh, general manager of or the, the DS of Sassuolo this week said the best offer right now is from a Premier League club. You better start learning English, and that would just lead me to Brighton um, reunion with Deserby because that that he was a favorite of Deserby's before he left Sam. So could be interesting there. Yeah, he's, listen, he's fucking good. So yeah. let's let's see what they can do. All right. Back to England in the relegation battle. Piggybacking off of Coach's pick, I'm going with Tottenham. Draw no bet at Leeds. It's minus 135. Again, if we're going from most confident to least confident, I'm still pretty confident in this pick. I know that Tottenham stinked. I acknowledge that Conte's on vacation, laughing at them every weekend. But I think this is probably Kane's last game for Tottenham. It feels like there's he's in his going to be in his last contract here next season. He's 31, so there's not really a whole lot of purpose on, on Spurs just trying to keep him out to run through his last year of his contract. I think they can probably get a decent value from him. There's some United or, or one of these other clubs that are looking for a, a top striker. But as much as Leeds really need a win here, we've talked about how bad their defense is. Actually the worst defense, um, worse than Burnmouth. And I, I think that plays into Spurs hands. Um, all of their games have been hitting overs lately. I think this is going to be a game where Spurs are probably going to get, you know, three goals like we talked about. And I don't see Leeds getting four in this one. So uh, Spurs, get me two, get me three goals. I'll feel very safe at the very least with a, with a draw no bet. But I think you're also looking at a win if they hit that that two mark. Definitely if they hit that three mark. Feels to me like Richarlison scores in this game. I, I don't know why. Just feels yeah, he like does a his little rooster dance. Yeah. Let's hope not. Because whenever he does that, they end up conceding right after. And, and he looks like an <laughs> asshole. So <laughs> that ship is sailed. All right, I'm going back to the Premier League with my second bet. I'm going Newcastle draw no bet at minus 140 at Chelsea. Uh, more of a celebratory match for the Magpies than anything else after clinching their first Champions League berth in 20 seasons, as called on. Kicks and picks. Kicks and picks before the season. Uh, but Chelsea stink and are playing Thursday against Manchester United. What better way to put an exclamation point on an outstanding season for Newcastle than beating Chelsea, who's in their opinion, probably in their fans' opinion, mercifully ending a miserable season. I I, I just yeah. like Newcastle to end it on a high here and, and taking the protection I, of the drone. I, I want to say the game yesterday finished zero zero. I don't know if it actually did. Newcastle had twenty five shots and like ten shots on target, so they're yeah. like they're firing. I mean, yeah. if there was ever a team due to score goals, it's Newcastle. Don't disagree. All right, I'm gonna go. Um, Against conventional wisdom in this one, um, uh, we have Hellas Verona, who needs points, probably need a win uh, to save themselves, right? They're in 18th place right now. They're taking on Empoli. They're at home. Empoli, double chance, plus 110. Um, Empoli's been good, right? We talked about them. They just smoked Juve, 4-1. to one. Uh, They have points in four of their last five games. Um, and Hellas is doing Hellas things, right? They've lost two straight. They're as we mentioned, they're they're fighting that relegation. But I I kind of like, you know, last week I backed Bologna to send Cremonese down. So we're going with relegation busters back to back weeks. Um the two teams here, they've actually drawn the majority of their head to heads. Now some of those were in Serie B, some were last year, uh one was this year. They drew the last two. I think that's really all we need in this one. Empoli is going to be looking to score some goals. I can see them getting two, and that should be more than enough to pull out a draw and get us a win. So, Nick, for the listeners at home, if you had yes. to put a pin on one, is this a bet on Empoli or a bet against Hellas? It's always a bet against Hellas. Okay. Always. Thank you. Thank always, you always. There, there's like never – that's not even up for debate. Okay. All right. Moving on to my final pick. Of course, we're going to stick in the relegation battle. It's going to be West Ham at Leicester. I'm taking West Ham plus half a goal. It's minus 115. I'll admit, I really don't love this pick that much. But I know that West Ham are going to be probably rotating their squad. Their focus will be on the Conference League. You're probably going to see a makeshift lineup of some sort. But I need to cover all my bases here. I really do believe that Everton are going to be safe, even if they do somehow blow my first pick. The only way that they would get relegated realistically is if Leicester uh, win in this one. So I need to cover my bases. I need to expect Leicester to let me down. West Ham, plus half a goal, minus 115. Probably not the best value, but crazier things have happened. So I guess more more of an emotional hedge, really. I have to take it. 
All right. I'm going to close out the week with Juve. Draw no bet. Woo! Minus 145 against Milan. We mentioned it earlier. Juve coming off the doubly painful weekend, which was technically Monday, but, you know, the match week by having a new 10-point penalty levy against them and then getting pounded by Empoli 4-1. Milan can all but lock up a Champions League spot with win. Juve, I think, will have some pride in front of their home fans last home match of the season and will look to prevent their rivals from clinching on their home turf, making them sweat it out at least another week and making the last match week in Serie A a little more interesting. So, so that's the angle, right? Like it's it's Juve Scudetto, basically. Like basically at this point, if, if it they is, can right? say we prevented Milan from making the Champions League, like that's that's enough for their them and their fans at this point. That's all they have. That's and you know Milan could still do it next weekend, but at least they can say it wasn't on their watch that it happened, and maybe Milan then slips up next weekend. Who knows? Yeah, I love it. You guys, uh, I wish the it's listeners all could they see. have. Yeah, I, love I, that. Wish the, I wish the listeners could see our our smile, our collective <laughs> smiles right now. And it was really. like such a it it wasn't meant in a mean spirited way from Coach, but it it really came across as like very oh, mean spirited. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, I just want to tell you too, if Milan does slip up against Juve, do you know who they play next weekend? Who your favorite team? Hell ass. Oh yeah, I mean that's a no doubter. It's a no doubter. Um. Okay, I'm just going to go on fumes with this last one. It's it's another revenge game for the podcast. It's Bologna-Napoli, over two and a half, minus 110. Napoli owes us from two weeks ago. Uh, fortunately for all of us, they actually have a little bit of team pride. They have not taken their foot off the pedal with the league wrapped up. They have players looking to wrap up some milestones and some personal accomplishments, get their bonuses. They have guys coming off the bench who look exceptionally Hungry last week that started against Inter. And Bologna is our squad, right? They've been good to us this year. They've scored goals in four of their last five matches, which is what we need. And I just think this is probably the most carefree, nothing to play for for either side, fun matchup of the round. And when you have that, that absolutely demands an over bet. It's just 100% the move. There's nothing else going into this besides good vibes. And I think of all the picks this weekend, this one has to hit. Gun to your head, Nick. Does Osiman leave after the season? I don't actually think he does, but I think the offers are going to be tempting. I mean, if, if you're talking about, if we're in the, the 150 million realm, you have to strongly consider it and you probably have to sell him. Um, but I think anything less than that, you have the potential to build a a squad that can compete for a Champions League if you keep him. With a new manager next year, apparently. That's the yeah, other variable, definitely. right? Lot of or a new sporting director, right? Lot of lot a lot of variables. Um, but do you want to be Leicester City or do you want to be the next man city? I, I mean, that's not really a fair comparison. I mean, yeah, but that, I don't know that Napoli that, can do but that. But you know what I mean? But... Like that's that's the choice they have. That's the crossroads they have, right? Do they want to take well, the one? They're getting rid of their manager, that kind of leads to Leicester City. Yeah. More than anything. Do you want to be that club that, hey, you won it, like congratulations? Or do you want to kind of build something where you can maybe win the league three out of four years, four out of five years, get in the Champions League quarterfinals, semifinals? They can do it, and they can invest. Will they? I don't know. They're going to be an interesting case study next year with Spalletti leaving and then depending on the player recruitment and if they do sell big players, how do they recruit to replace them? They're going to be interesting because Juve's going to be down from the looks of it, right? And then we'll see what Inter and Milan and Roma and Lazio and all these teams do. But th- they will be an interesting case study. They, the league will be open for them, but they have to handle th- this success the right way because parting ways with the manager right after this, winning the Scudetto after 30 years, I think it was, since their last one. It, it's yeah. certainly interesting the way that's all playing out. Yeah, and their sporting director is going to Juve, right? You could conceivably get $200 million for two players combined. I don't Not to say that I agree with those valuations, but it's possible. Could be a completely different team, and they're back in fucking sixth place next year. Who knows? I'll just say this. Serie A clubs who have had uh, Mourinho come in after Spalletti, pretty successful in Europe. Food for thought. Maybe if they want to win Champions League next year, they go and get Mourinho. I think the fan base would fucking revolt (laughs) if they brought in How many goals does Osimhen score under Mourinho? 12. Over under nine and a half. Okay, 12. Yeah, 12. I'm at 12. I'm I'm pretty... All right, I mean, let's get to the pod. I heard Conte. I heard Conte. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the pod lock this week? 
I got it. I got it because I think this is uh this is a stone cold winner. We are going to take Real Madrid at Sevilla. Draw no bet. Real minus one twenty. They've been good to us as the pod lock. I want to say they're two and zero or three and zero, something along those lines. Sevilla will absolutely. Uh, first of all, they have a game tomorrow. Then they have this game against Real and midweek for the championship of Europe, according to some, against Roma. Uh, so I think that. This is the game where Sevilla is going to have a completely different lineup. Uh, Real doesn't have much to play for, but they should absolutely get it done. Um, they're they're going to play a full squad, and that draw no bet number is just way too good to pass up. So the game of the week, the pod lock of the week, we've been struggling. This feels good to get us back on track and end this season on a winning note. Yeah, and bonus pod lock is we're going to take Vinny Jr. to score in this one because absolutely going to be fired up. There's no doubt. All right, that's where we ended with 10 winners. 10 winners? I think so. 11, counting Vinny Jr. That's yeah, 11. Yeah. yeah, there you go. All right, so big weekend in the Premier League. Hopefully all those bets hit there. It should be an exciting Sunday, just about lunchtime here. Brunch time, I guess, is more of a brunch on a Sunday, right? 11.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff. A lot of action in Serie A. We'll have some, some European stuff coming at you in the near future. So follow our Patreon page. We'll have some MLS picks on the weekend. Um, our patrons will get some, some props this weekend to close out the Premier League season. So thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a follow on social media if you're not following already. Peace.